Last night, the United States had our first execution of 2024. Uh, it was a terrible night. And it's one of those nights that we want to remember that we're not alone uh, as we try to be voices that are advocating for life. Uh, and my brother, Jeff Hood, Reverend Jeff Hood, uh, was a spiritual advisor to uh, Kenny Smith, who was uh, executed last night by the state of Alabama. Uh, he's been walking with Kenny and many other folks that are on on death row and facing execution. And so we've been friends. And I I, I really uh, reached out to Jeff just to ask how he's doing, because it's uh, it's not something that any human being should have to experience. One, being killed uh, and, and also watching someone be killed. Uh, I mean, the definition of premeditated murder is what we see in the death penalty. Um, so we'll give a little bit of context for that. But um, I first wanted to just uh, say that Jeff's signal may be a little bit rough because he and Allie are driving back after a really, really long night. Uh, but we we didn't want to take uh, any, we, we wanted to take this moment to say thousands and thousands of people all over the world have been watching what's happening. Um, Jeff's been in all kinds of media um, because uh, for a few things. I mean, every time someone dies, we should be outraged. But this, this particular e execution got a little extra time because it's the first one of the year, but it was also the first night nitrogen gas experimental execution that we've ever seen. And so um, the other thing that's really sickening about all of this is that Kenny Smith survived his first execution attempt in Alabama. And Alabama has been notorious for botching executions, for uh, tinkering with this machinery of death, trying to find new ways to kill people. And, uh, and so this was a new way that uh, many doctors and veterinarians said, should never even be used on animals, uh, much less a human being. And so um, this is, you know, what was before the Supreme Court last night. It was this uh, horrific roller coaster where someone's life is on the line and there's courts and judges and appeals and all these different things. And in the end, uh, uh, Kenny Smith was killed last night. And so, um, Jeff, I just wanted to, to first, you know, um, say that, that there's so many things that struck me in all of this, but but one of them is that there is in the heart of the Bible Belt, Christian legislators, a, a governor that's worshiping Jesus in church on Sunday that is killing um, a fellow human being that has also found Jesus. Kenny was someone who fell in love with Jesus, had a really deep and sincere faith. And that's part of why, how you came to know him and walk alongside of him. Right, bro? So I don't know if you want to say more about that. But um, yeah. Right. Uh Thank you, Shane. As I said already, man, I love you, and I'm uh, so thankful for you, and appreciate uh, so much of your friendship. And you know, it reminds me of you know a lot of what I've done with Kenny. You know, just walking with you and uh, knowing that uh, I got a brother I can reach out to uh, to walk through this with. I mean, even knowing you know your text messages, man. Just uh, in the midst of all this, I'm just I'm very thankful for you. With Thank that you, said, man. you know, Kenny, it's you know, and I I think it probably also wanted to say that all the people watching and listening. Uh, it's it's really powerful for me to have spent all of this time, uh, you know, talking to media and, uh, you know, experiencing the horror of last night. But then also knowing that I've got a place to come through and spend time with fellow believers and, and, and sit in this space uh, united in Christ. So, you know, I think that the most important thing uh, to uh, point out, and I think this is a good representation of Kenny's faith. You know, I would uh, I was telling him, you know, we were reading the 23rd Psalm, not 
not long before uh, he was killed, murdered. And uh, he said, uh, you know, I would say the, the Lord is my shepherd. And he said, damn right. I shall not want. He said, damn right. And, you know, we got down uh, to the place where, you know, we were walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And uh, he said, it's bright in here, baby. It's bright in here. Hmm. And, you know, he just had such a way of taking the scripture and making it sing. Hmm. And, you know, it just was, uh, he just was an incredibly bright light uh, for me and for a lot of people. And, um, you know, I saw the way that, uh, you know, he had his head on his mother's shoulder for, you know, hours leading up to the execution on, you know, his, with his wife's side, um, just crying. And uh, you can't help but think the entire time, this is absolutely not necessary. Like, this is just not necessary. And, um, you know, I always uh, joked with Kenny that um, he's as much of a spiritual advisor to me as, uh, as I am to him. And I think that when we have those types of people in our lives, it um, it transforms us because we, we brush up against each other and that friction seems to create more love and more love. And so as horrific as last night was, there was definitely some beautiful moments and uh, beautiful times as well. And that has to do with the fact that uh, Kenny had, uh, we can say, giving his life to Jesus, but, but, but even more than that, giving his life to love, giving his life to this God who is love. Yeah. And his last words, in case y'all didn't see, uh, is he gave the the universal sign for love, the I love you, uh, which, you know, I, I know a little bit of sign language, Jeff, and this is one of the only signs that is universal in sign language all over the world. Oh, wow. And it means I love you. And he did that to his family. And he said, uh, tonight, Alabama causes humanity to take a step backwards. I'm leaving with love, peace and light. And, and he made that love mm -hmm. sign and said to his family, thank you for supporting me. Uh, love love, love all of you. And um, that love was literally the last words on his lips. And um, that uh, that uh, the power of love to transform us, I think, is what this is also about, right? Like it, when he says Alabama causes us to take a step backwards. Last night was not so much about who Kenny Smith is, but who we are, who the state oh, of Alabama oh. is. I mean, th this is a premeditated murder that we saw uh, last night and people participating in it. Some people even justify it with the, the Bible and with the theology. So um, that, uh, th that's powerful, man, that lo love was was what, what was on his lips just as it was for Christ when he died, saying, forgive, you know, uh, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do, expressing that love uh, up to the moment he died. Right. Yeah, it's, you know, love takes us to places that we could never imagine that we would go. And, um, you know, I know that uh, for me over the years, I never imagined that, I mean, Shane, you know, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It's not like you take death penalty or execution 101 in seminary. I mean, you know, if you just the, the only thing that could prepare us to engage this issue in this space is love. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and then you get really surprised when you start working with these guys and you find love there. Yeah. You know, you think you're going to, to take love to these spaces when really in a lot of cases you're going to receive love. Yeah. And you know, Kenny, um, when we were uh, in the waiting cell before you know going into the chamber, he kept saying, you know, Jeff, I, I love you. I love you. He kept saying it over and over again. And uh, I said, uh, I know. I know. I said, you told me. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you enough. And that's how he was with everybody he and I. He interacted. We just couldn't tell him enough. And uh, I hope that, you know, that's a testament not just to me, I guess, to all of it. Um, I hope that the people we love, people we come in contact with, we can't say it enough. We can't 
and do it enough. And uh, he was a tremendous example of that. And, um, you know, as we, we think of that love, um, I mean, I think that's what really is at stake with the death penalty. You know, there's folks that are uh, going to say, well, where was that love when this crime was committed? You know, where, where was that love? And we start every one of our vigils, y'all, at death penalty action. Every one of them. We start by remembering the victims. Because mm-hmm. to be against the death penalty uh, does not mean that we are uh, against justice or that we are numb to the pain of murder victims' family members or don't care about them. Uh, but it's just to say that love's the only way forward. Uh, love's the only thing that's going to heal the wounds. Uh, the, ex- the, the death penalty mirrors the evil of murder. Um, and, and in fact, that's exactly what it does is, is uh, it creates new wounds. It creates new victims. It extends trauma. It, and it, it, it has this kind of facade of justice, but there's nothing just about it. So um, right. that's why, you know, when we remember the victims, we we do that every time. We, we say their names, we remember them. Um, and many of the folks that are a part of the movement to abolish the death penalty are murder victims' family members who have found a better way forward than calling for the death penalty. And uh, so we had a number of folks on the call last night that have uh, people say, what would you do if someone killed someone you love? That's exactly who they are. Groups like Journey of Hope that are led by murder victims' family members. So I think that's so important as we talk about the death penalty to say um, that we always begin with compassion for the victims of violence and uh, never try to um, ignore or even push to the back uh, the the atrocities that have often been committed. But but uh, um, I don't know if you want to say more about that because I know you've, you've been a voice for that too, Jeff, even though you're often with folks on death row, with folks even in the execution chamber. Um, I've heard Sister Helen Prejean say, you know, one of the things that she really began to feel is that she's got to do more and more to really advocate and walk alongside the victims of these crimes, even as she continues to walk alongside the folks who were perpetrators of the crimes. And other folks, now there's always that, you know, there's a lot of folks that are innocent. So we're not even talking about that. But in this particular case, um, you know, innocence wasn't part of the claim or the appeal uh, for Kenny. But um, I don't know if you want to say more about like how you integrate those, right? Love and compassion for the victims of violence and love and compassion for the folks that that may have committed violence. You know, one of the things, Shane, that I've always said that I think is uh, perhaps a a problem that sometimes afflicts the movement is I think sometimes we're so afraid to just tell the truth. And that's Kenny right. Smith, Kenny Smith, there's no doubt about it, was a murderer. I mean, not just a murderer, but he committed a horrible, horrific crime. But, you know, like the Apostle Paul and so many in Scripture, that's not all of who he was. Mm. I mean, that, that, that's not all of it. And I think that, you know, when you serve a God that is full of grace and full of compassion and full of redemption, the, the story doesn't, you know, the story doesn't end in our worst moments. Come on. Sometimes that's what. Sometimes that's where it begins. I know you've and, been up all night, but we're bringing some fire right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, and one of the things, probably the most, one of the most beautiful things that happened, Shay, is that uh, after the press conference last night, I go to the back, and uh, Michael Sennett, who was the victim's uh, son, hmm. he's, I see him off to the side, and I recognized him, and I went up to him, and I said, you know, I, you know, I feel like this, and I feel like that, and um, you know, we love you, and you know, really trying to connect. Well, he said, bullshit. And I said, you know, I would kind of step back and I was like, and sometimes when we experience that type of resistance, we run in the opposite direction. And, you know, something in me just said, stay, stay, stay. Mm -hmm. And I went up to him. I said, no, you don't, you don't understand. I said, 
I am so sorry what happened to your mother. And I have had conversations for months with Kenny about all this. And I said, I want you to know that, that, that when I say love, I'm not just talking about, you know, some ooey gooey feely stuff. I'm talking about the fact that your family, your mom has been on my mind and on my heart. And I could see, you know, that, that softening that took mm -hmm. place. Hey, damn, I, I'm about to cry. But it, 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 we reached out and we we embraced and we were able to hug each other. I mean, if that I mean, you know, after such a horrific and desperate and dark time, God still showed up. Yeah. You know, in a way that I least expected it. And of course, they were they were hurt by the whole process. They've been strung along for 35 years with yeah. a promise that this was going to solve all of their problems and heal all of their pain. Uh, I think that probably I mean, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to speak for them. But it seemed like this was a moment in which um, they sort of might have realized that it, it wasn't all that it was promised to be. But um, mm. I mean, we, we just God can do such beautiful things if we will yeah. simply step back and allow love to work. Yeah. And, you know, I just uh, I'll tell you this, Shane. You, yeah, yeah. Tell me. You, you appreciate this. So after we did all that, um, I go to the there's only about one or two restaurants in Atmore, Alabama. And uh, one of them is the Waffle House, which I love the Waffle House. Yes. Uh, I, I, I love the Waffle House. And I go in and uh, Michael Sennett and his wife are sitting there eating. And so I got another chance to talk to him and tell him, um, you know, just how much I'm thinking about him, how much I love him. And, you know, I just pray on a regular basis in these situations that God will help me to be an evangelist of love. Evangelist the, of love. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, think I think some of this like it takes time too. we want everything to happen all of a sudden. We want justice all of a sudden. We want forgiveness all, all of a sudden. And I think, you know, Reverend Sharon, Sharon Risher, whose mother and family members were killed by Dylan Roof and Emmanuel AME. And she had family members that made the news because they forgave Dylan Roof during the trial. They said, you need Jesus, but we want you to know that we've forgiven you. And I said, you've heard her. I've been with Reverend Sharon. She's like, that just wasn't where I was at. <laughs> she said, you know, people right, right. talk about forgiveness like it, it happens right. instantly. And she said, forgiveness eventually came, but the wounds never go away. You know, she said, right. we have this, 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 you know, trite cliche, forgive and forget. And she says, but you forgive and still remember. And you have to remember because that's the power of forgiveness and grace is not trying to dumb over what Kenny did and say, well, you know, that he's just a, he, he's just a, a, a wonderful man. He is a wonderful man, but he also murdered somebody. And so that's always right. there and God can heal those wounds. Right. And I think of, right, uh, right. you know, eventually Sharon says that she forgave Dylan Roof, not so that he could sleep at night, but so she could sleep at night because the hatred, right, the resentment, right. it begins to actually change who we are. And she said, I don't want Dylan Roof to turn me into a hater. Uh, you know, oh, I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't want him to control my own morality, mm. my own love, my soul. And I think of, uh, uh, you know, right behind me on my, right, on the other side right here, this is a little lighthouse that um, mm -hmm. I got from Don Johnson, who was one of the guys that I was really tight with in Tennessee. And mm -hmm. um, he was executed. And I, um, I I thought of, you know, I had hours and hours with him over, you know, 10 years. And I was with him the week that he was executed. Um, but he, he did something horrific. And he never tried to sugarcoat that. I mean, if you read about what he did, he brutally killed his wife. And, uh, and he's been doing whatever he knew he could do to try to heal the wounds of that. And his daughter hadn't talked to him for like 30 
three years. And she said, I went to visit him. I got to do an event with her. She said, I went to visit him to tell him off and be done with him. And she said, but as I was visiting with him, something happened. You know, she did tell him off. And she said, but he listened, he received it. And, um, and she said, I began to see that my hatred for him wasn't hurting him, but it was hurting me. And he was also a link to my mother that I wanted. I wanted to know what perfume she wore. I wanted to remember her and the things that she loved. And so she began the courageous work of beginning to try to heal that relationship. I mean, none of this works perfectly, right? And Mm -hmm. he eventually was executed, even uh, as she asked for him not to be killed. Uh, But I, you know, I think of all that and his last words as he was executed was asking forgiveness for what he did. Mm. And then he extended forgiveness to the people who were about to execute him. And then he sang, Don Johnson sang, soon and very soon, I'm going to see the king. There's no more dying there. There's no more killing there, right? I'm going to see the king. And um, so this is, this goes to the heart of our faith, y'all. And that's why Reverend Jeff, you know, we, what's at stake with the death penalty is not just another social issue, but it's a real spiritual crisis. When we have so many fellow Christians that are defending the death penalty, that are actually making the decision of who lives and dies, just like in Alabama and the state of Tennessee, the the governor is in church every Sunday morning and making the decision Mm -hmm. to kill another human being. And this is what people say, well, you know, what they did was sick. And this is what Jesus says. I have not come for the healthy, but for the sick. I've not come for the righteous, but for the sin. This is Jesus saying, no one is beyond redemption. And I grabbed this, Jeff, because on my wall, I've got a quote from Brian Stevenson, um, who's down in Alabama, by the way, y'all, the Equal uh, equal Justice Initiative. Each of us is more than the worst thing we've ever done. Each of us is more than the worst thing that we've ever done. And so we've got to remember that, that even someone who's taken another person's life is more than a murderer. They are still a child of God. And and even folks that murdered folks, other people in the scripture. Paul, Saul of Tarsus, you know, murdered somebody. David, Moses, these were all folks who made really terrible decisions, but also were more than the worst thing that they've ever done. That's right. That's so right. Th- this is about our faith, y'all. And that's why we've got to turn up the volume and not just say, oh, well, this is a complicated political issue. We need to just be about preaching the gospel. What's on the line is the gospel. Do we mm-hmm. believe that Kenny Smith is uh, beyond redemption? Do we believe that Jesus can transform anybody, uh, me or Jeff or you or anybody listening. So that's what's at stake in all of this. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. We, we both got to preach it a little bit, man. I'm going to let you off the hook because yeah, I know you've had a long night, but you got Beautiful. any other, I, I don't want to make you revisit the horror of last night. Folks can see that on the news. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, mean, I, do, I, I do think it's important. Um, well, two things I think uh, is important that uh, there are multiple gospels in America. Mm. And last night, what we saw was a gospel, what we were told by state officials was good news. It's perhaps a uh, anti-gospel of evil, an anti-gospel of inhumanity. And I just briefly, I'm not going to go into this, but uh, I want people to know that today the, the uh, attorney general, Commissioner Ham, they've all come out and said this went exactly how we planned for it to go. And, you know, what they always say. But we were told before going into this that Kenny would be unconscious in seconds and dead within minutes and that this would be the most humane method in the world, the, mo- the, the most humane method in human history 
story. And I mean, again, I won't get into the visceral pieces of it, but I want people to know that for 22 minutes, Kenny struggled to breathe. He struggled to, to survive. There was, I'll give you an image and then I promise I will stop. It was like watching a fish be put on a dock and you just watch it, you know, just mm. sit there and, um, and, you know, and die. Um, and, you know, uh, struggling, Shane, but you, 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 you get to this place where, you know, I used to think when I, you know, first, this is the fifth one in 13 months. And I used to think that when I went in there that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm standing there and, you know, all of these people, my, you know, the guy I'm with dies and all of a sudden that I'm, uh, he's executed and all of a sudden I'm surrounded by murderers. I used to say that all the time. And now what I've realized, and I think God has convicted me of this, is that I'm a murderer too. I, I mean, ultimately I stood there and I, I didn't do anything. I didn't like rush the, the gurney. I, you know, I feel such guilt. I feel like I, I could have done more. I could have stopped it. And I, and I realized that some of these emotions are, um, you know, perhaps not realistic. I mean, there's no way you could ever stop an execution in that way. They're going to kill him once they get him in that space. You're going to go to prison. You know, there's all sorts of consequences. But, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's a horrific thing that makes us all horrific. Yeah. It's, it's not something we can separate us. I mean, even somebody who is doing, you know, ministering as best I can, doing what I can, you can't separate yourself from. And when I saw Kenny heaving and heaving and going back and forth and resisting the restraints and trying to survive, I mean, I mean, it's a nightmare. And it's a nightmare that I will experience forever. And I, lastly, Shane, I think it's so important that people understand that um, I don't want anybody to be executed. But I can tell you that lethal injection is far more preferable than what I saw last night. This was, I mean, this was torture. I, I spoke to a, uh, a um, news station, one of the top news programs in Brazil um, this afternoon. And he said, I thought the United States was about human rights. How could this happen? How yeah. could this happen? And one of the things I told him was that uh, the reason is it, it happens um, is because as Christians, we are, we're not making this a priority. Yeah. And it gets worse and worse and worse. And I'm terrified of what the next step of method is going to be. Because yeah. what I saw last night is um, something that, you know, Shane, I mean, I've seen a lot of horrible things. I mean, I saw their last execution in November with Casey McWhorter. So I had a direct comparison to what this is going to look like. And uh, I mean, there's only so many ways you can say it, but yeah. it was the most dehumanizing, horrific thing I've ever seen. Yeah. No one, no one should have to do it, right? No one should have to experience that. And, and, the, and the wild thing is, we don't have to like we can That's we right. can honor the people who have been victims of violent crime without becoming killers ourselves and so um let's keep showing up y'all let, let, let's 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 work for the day where we never have to do this again and but right now every time there's an execution in the U united states or really anywhere in the world we're going to show up and raise our voices and, and right. join you, you can join us at death penalty action there's a lot of the local groups uh state by state state that are working for alternatives to the death penalty. Um, there's groups like EJI down in uh, Alabama. There's there's uh, so many different groups around the country. Um, but I'm, I'm going to let you rest, man. And I I, I want to close by just saying that when it comes to this idea of, is there a good sanitized way of killing 
showing people. We've tried over and over to right. find ways to kill a human being that make us mm-hmm. feel better about ourselves. That in, in the end of the day, make it look like it's some kind of medical procedure. But in the end, what goes on the death certificate of an executed person is homicide. That's what right. we've done. We've killed someone. Right. And one of the, the, the powerful voices on this is a guy named Ron McAndrew, who we've got a short film clip of at Death Penalty Action. I interviewed him for my book, Executing Grace. He He's an expert witness on executions because he carried them out in Florida. And originally he did it by electric chair. And he saw one go so haywire, the man's body began to smoke. It began to catch on fire. And he said, mm-hmm. I was done with the electric chair, but he wasn't done with the death penalty. And he went to Texas and got trained in lethal injection so we could bring it back to Florida and really kind of pioneer this more sanitized way of killing people. But Ron McAndrew, who is still a tough on crime guy, you can tell he was a prison warden. He believes in justice. I've heard him say, if you do the crime, you should do the time. And yet he said, when it comes to the death penalty, it does something to us as people. We are not meant to kill. And he says he was haunted. And he was haunted even when he killed people by lethal injection. He said, it may have looked better on the surface, but we still killed someone. And he said, those people visited me in my sleep. He said, uh, it it haunted me. And I'll never forget, Ron McAndrew said, there just is no good way to kill somebody. So let's be done with it, y'all. Let's be done with it. Right. And uh, well, and I think it's important saying to say that um, there are there are probably people who you know, invested in this nitrogen hypoxia process who thought that this was going to be you know, the, the new, humane, peaceful way to do this. But as you're saying, there is no peaceful way to kill people because there is no peace in murder. Mm. There is yeah. no peace in murder. Yeah. And just think about that execution that Jesus stumbled into, right? Where they're getting ready to kill a woman. And by, oh, yeah. they were going to stone her. And Jesus interrupts the execution and says, let the one who is without sin cast the first stone. And then he'll remind all those men and all of us, if you've looked at someone lustfully, you've committed adultery. If you've called someone a fool, you've committed murder in your heart. None of us are above reproach and none of us right. are beyond redemption. Put the stones down. He interrupted that execution. But Jeff, you know what? Like I've thought about that. Not only did he save the woman's life, but he saved those men from killing because they would have to live with that for the rest of their lives. So well, let, uh, we don't have to do it, y'all. We don't have to do it. I'm glad that you mentioned that, Shane, because uh, I read that passage to uh, Kenny inside the chamber. Mm. That was the last scripture that he heard. Mm. Um, and, uh, and you know, Kenny was, uh, you know, Kenny was a, you know, amen, Charlie kind of guy. I mean, mm. and he was so just fired up when I read that because, you know, he had told me when we talked about reading that passage, he said, I know that when this life is over, Jesus is going to be there in the dirt with me. Mm. He's going to pick me up out of that dirt and take me to a place where there is no more execution. There is no more executioners. There is only a savior that is standing next to us. Us, loving us and causing us to be the very image of what we were made to be mm. the God who is love yeah well we're gonna let you rest my brother I'll call you offline check on you if I can do anything let me know and y'all that are uh, listening then or watching this recording please join this work last night on that call there were hundreds of people and there are people with some deep wounds that have chosen to use their wounds to be a force for love and for healing there's folks that were wrongfully convicted and sentenced to death. There's folks whose loved ones are on death row 
right now. There's people whose immediate family members have been murdered, and yet all of us are together saying violence is the problem, not the solution. We cannot kill to show that killing is wrong. So join us at Death Penalty Action. Join us at Red Letter Christians. We're going to put an end to the death penalty. And many of us, we're going to do it in the name of Jesus. We're going to work with a lot of other people. But what's also at stake for us as Christians is a gospel that insists that all of us are more than the worst thing that we've ever done. We are children of God made in the image of God. And God's grace is big enough to transform any human being. That's the gospel. Amen. All right, my brother. We'll talk soon. Allie, love you. Thanks for driving. We'll see y'all soon. Okay, bye. Love you too.